you may have noticed that uh, season three of the Epilepsy Hell, the Epilepsy Well podcast. Uh, basically, this is the third year. I've completed two years of doing this podcast for you, for myself, for all of us, for the community, trying to figure out how to be the best that we all can be by taking care of ourselves like we matter and doing more than the doctor tells you. So that's the Drug-Free Epilepsy Foundation motto. Don't just do what the doctor tells you. Do more than the doctor tells you. And today, we're going to talk about taking your meds. And the Drug-Free Epilepsy Foundation talks about taking your meds. Not talking about taking your drugs, but taking your meds. So stay tuned. Kick back, relax, whatever it is that you need to do. And welcome to another adventure with Alma Wayne Myers. MEDS is actually an acronym I recently discovered. And it's about meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. And includes the RX at the end of uh, relationships and supplementation. Because sometimes we need to supplement our care with something more. So there's nothing wrong with that, which is very different from taking drugs. Drugs, man, I don't know about you. When I, when I was growing up, I saw lots and lots of advertisements to not do drugs. Uh, I think that was D.A.R.E. I don't really know what the real D.A.R.E. stands for, but yeah, the, the version of me that was a little bit of a rebel remembered seeing my favorite T-shirt says, drugs are real expensive. And man, they sure do cost you your health. Sometimes, man, they say cost you your sanity. They cost you your ability to get better sometimes. But sometimes it's good to be able to take a drug and not feel the pain, not feel the misery, not feel the sorrow of whatever the hell is going on in your life. Because, I mean, who wants to be miserable all the time? I know I don't. I'm sure you don't. None of us are like, I don't know what. Oh, what a beautiful day it is today. I'm just going to be miserable all day. I mean, I think we saved that for Ebenezer Scrooge with his bah humbug. So, I mean, I guess if you're all bah humbug and whatnot, you know, it's it's your prerogative. You know, Buddha says pain is guaranteed, but suffering is optional. And many times we're, we're just, we choose the option to suffer. It makes us feel better. To be our own martyrs. I know there's been plenty of times where I haven't wanted to be able to look on the bright side of life like Monty Python teaches us. Oh, what a great song. Always look on the bright side of life. But sometimes it's hard. We're just too busy suffering and we're looking for ways to drug ourselves up, drug ourselves down, drug ourselves out so that we don't have to deal with it. So we can have dopamines that make us feel good, something we're chemically dependent on for our own happiness, instead of the meds that help us be responsible for ourselves, that help us find the answers, the way to actually end epilepsy hell. I mean, you can, some people, they, they're controlled with the drugs. Some people, they like their drugs. It gives them the results that they want. And if that's you, that's fine. Take your drugs, do what the doctor tells you and take your drugs. But if you're not, if you're like me and you're looking for something other than just the drugs, then you want meds. As we mentioned, meditation, 
exercise, diet, sleep, relationships, and supplementation. Sometimes it would take me three months to be able to get back in to see the doctor. And I would do the drugs for a month. I would have a month of detoxing from the drugs. And then another month before you could actually get in and see the doctor to discuss about how horrible the drugs are making you feel. But I was working on meds way before I knew the acronym for it, meditation. So I was talking to one of the neurologists at the VA clinic, going to West Los Angeles VA. And I told the neurologist, I'm an acupuncturist and I have seizures when I meditate. And his response was, you should go get acupuncture and meditate more. And, you know, you would be surprised if I was a little perturbed, a little disturbed, a little upset that he was not willing or capable of helping me figure out what was going on with my epilepsy, that he was basically telling me, keep taking care of yourself and you'll get better, or at least I won't have to deal with you. And that's how I felt like he just didn't want to deal with me because he didn't have the experiences required to help me out. But at least it wasn't, hey, try all these drugs. He actually gave me meds. So meditate more. And, you know, I was having seizures when I used to meditate. I started off, you know, I've been meditating for a very long time. Um, probably got really good, big into meditation after I got out of the army. I was hanging out with a buddy of mine that was hanging out with a Tibetan Lama. So we'd go do prayer meditation stuff every Sunday for a while. And, you know, the, the singing and chanting, it's good. Man, it feels good. I didn't understand what most of it said, but some of it had the English next to it. So you would know what you said we're singing. But, you know, we sang all this in Tibetan. And that helps stimulate the vagus nerve and helps release some endorphins and gets you relaxed and gets you focused. And then we'd sit and, you know, quiet, seated meditation, which was really good. I learned about doing this a long time and I was already doing yoga. So I was doing full lotus and I felt really healthy and good when I was doing that regularly, even though I wasn't really taking care of myself very well. I mean, that was back in the days when I was doing drugs. So ah, it was amazing. Like you can, can still take drugs and do meds, but you know, you get way better results if you're not doing drugs while you're doing meds. So, oh, meditating, you know, I found a, a different group after a while, years, years later after acupuncture school. While I was in acupuncture school, they actually had us meditating for the first 10 minutes of most of the classes. Some teachers were just like, I just don't have time to give you 10 minutes to meditate. You need to make sure you're in the right frame of mind before you get to class because I'm limited in the amount of time I have to be able to talk and you need to get all of this information as best as you can so that you can graduate from this school, go to your state boards and become amazing acupuncturists and meditating is on you, not me. So 
other classes were just really, you know, they understood that the best way to get somebody to pay attention, the best way to get attentiveness, alertness, energy, focus, awareness was to actually get people to calm down through their breath, to focus on themselves, release the stress, the tension, the anxiety, the problems, whatever it is, you know, rushing late to class, stuck in traffic, whatever, whatever it is that you're going on throughout the day, uh, you know, that would be getting you to be a state of unrest. So meditation was something that was highly, highly recommended by our school. So I found this group uh, based out of Walnut, California. It's kind of over the Whittier area. And they're part of a group called Heart Chan. So I love Heart Chan. Uh, it's actually the mother of Zen. Zen Buddhism actually comes from Heart Chan. So these people actually practice in China where, you know, religion is a no-no. So there's a few places that really look, look down on religion and think that it's a form of mind control or voodoo or just they're very skeptical about the spirit, about the afterlife, about gods, whatever it is. They just believe that you should focus on the here and now, do your job. Don't worry about what happens after you die. Focus on having a great life or at least doing your job and being a slave or whatever it is the system is trying to cater to. So for the most part, these people, Heart Chan, are recognized as an institutional facility that teaches meditation. So it helps enhance whatever your spiritual relationship is, whether you're Christian or Jewish or Buddhist or Muslim or whatever the many, many, many religions are out there. It's there to help you enhance your relationship with yourself, with your higher self, as well as whatever higher power you think exists beyond you, whether it just be the universe, whether it be a man, a woman, a child, a taco, a spaghetti monster, an alien living in an uh, uh, volcano. I mean, religions, uh, that's not on me. If you want to talk about religions, we can go very, very interesting conversations, but not here to offend you or anyone else. I'm here to tell you to believe what it is you need to. The AA community teaches you that you need to believe in a higher power. They don't care if it's the McDonald's sign. They don't care if it's a piece of broccoli. I don't care what your higher power is, but you have to surrender to this higher power and admit that you do not have the power required to improve your life. That You must surrender to this piece of broccoli, to this McDonald's sign, to this being living in the clouds, the spaghetti monster, whatever it is that you have to surrender and say, I am powerless. Take this upon you. And I'm, Sorry, I'm sure that works great for some people, but really not into trying to tell the flying spaghetti monster that he's responsible for empowering me when it's ultimately not going to do the work for me. You can pray all you want, but you really it comes down to you have to do the work. So meditation can help you connect with your flying spaghetti monster, your God, your demons, whatever. I mean, honestly, meditation is a way of connecting with your body through your breath. And there's a lot of ways to do it. 
You have moving meditation where people walk. Qigong is kind of a moving meditation. Tai Chi is a moving meditation. You know, but for the most part, breath awareness gets into it. You possibly say, I mean, even yoga is a meditation, a form of meditation, a moving meditation. You know, you have these little things. There's things, something called fox walking, where you're just very aware of every step that you take and focusing on your breath and you're not in a hurry. And uh, you just focus on your steps while you're focusing on your breath because you obviously don't want to walk into a tree. You don't want to walk into traffic. Uh, you don't want to walk into somebody's picnic, um, you know, a bunch of Sasquatch or even a hive, you know, a bunch of bees because, you know, some people are allergic to bees, but bees things don't feel good. And, you know, if you're not friendly with the bees, they might sting you and die, which is a horrible way to realize that not only do you hurt, but you have murdered a bunch of bees. And these bees are required to make flowers and food and all this stuff that you really love. So don't murder the bees. But meditation, it's about connecting to your breath, as I had said. So you got to connect to your breath. So when I had talked to this neurologist about having seizures while I was meditating, it was concerning to me because I've been meditating for so long. I've been practicing, but I feel like I was practicing kind of the wrong way. Like I was so focused on trying to make the meditation happen instead of letting the meditation happen. Let it, let it happen, you know, reveal itself. Uh, it's a very different process between trying to focus on a chakra and make the chakra do something versus activating a chakra and waiting to see what it does. So chakras kind of help out with the endocrine system. There are different parts in your body you can actually stimulate these endocrine glands through meditation. Adrenals are one of them and heart chan. There's a three extra chakras beyond the normal seven. That also translates into the 10 spiritual realms if you're into studying the Jewish Kabbalah, uh, some other stuff like that. So everything always has a very interesting connection to something else and a reference. Um, but yes, so meditating is about your breath and becoming connected with you. So what you do beyond that is totally up to you. Um, not a huge person into doing the chanting as a meditation, chanting to me, it's something you do to get into a meditative state. And that is not the actual meditation. So uh, I remember I was had and the owner of the acupuncture school used to teach a class and he quit teaching it because there was a complaint by uh, some of the Korean students from Korea that were Christians that didn't feel like it was appropriate to learn about the history of the medicine outside of the scope of Christianity. They were very dogmatic about their beliefs, very dogmatic about what they were going to learn, what they were willing to learn. And I think that's too bad because, you know, there are lessons to learn from many cultures. And if you can't learn from the history, uh, you, you are going to make the same mistakes. And pretending like the history was anything other than your own personal beliefs is really going to limit your ability to grow as a human being. Hence I said, meditation, the Heart Chan group actually came before Zen meditation. It actually has its roots with Shaolin, 
and lineage back to Buddha himself. So Buddha didn't say, hey, worship me. Buddha said, I understand that pain and suffering, I understand that there's suffering and that we have pain. Pain is the root of suffering, but suffering can be overcome. You can turn these hardships into things to better your life. You don't have to suffer. You can cast away this shell of suffering and focus on making something more out of your life. You can become enlightened. An enlightened being isn't sitting there tearing everybody else down around you, beating themselves up, but realize that, hey, we have ups and downs. It's part of life. If you ever listen to the Dalai Lama, he's actually a pleasure to listen to. Uh, whether you've read a book or whether you've listened to any of his talks or lectures, definitely highly recommend you check out some people that are into meditating and, and see just what how calm, happy, and loving they are. And that's the whole point of it is love. It's love connecting with your heart. Heart chan. That's why we connect with our heart. We also have this ability to communicate. You know, by being around other people, you can feel their energy. And, you know, if you're giving off hatred and anger and remorse and regret and all these negative energies, people can pick up on it and it can become infectious and they don't know how to protect themselves from it. So that's why it's important to work on yourself and meditate. So you take a deep breath and you let it out. That's basically meditation. You slow down your breath. You slow down your heart rate. You focus on the path of your breath. You focus on a chakra in the next stage because first you have to have awareness. If you can't find a chakra, how do you can activate it? So you can't expect a baby to walk when they're crawling. You can't expect them to run a marathon when they're crawling. So you have to do the same thing and realize that we gotta take baby steps until we're ready to go to the next step. So don't expect that if you're just starting out, that you're going to be doing some amazing, miraculous things with all of your chakras. But there's techniques, there's tricks to be able to activating each of them. And I can't give it to you all right now, but I can tell you that it starts with taking a deep breath and letting it out. And sometimes we find ourselves holding our breath. Sometimes we find ourselves breathing fast and rapid. You know, the thing is to connect with your breath. Connect with slowing it down, slowing your nervous system down. Your body will love you and appreciate you for it. I used to find myself walking circles in the other room. It was scary. It was scary that I thought I was doing something to help heal my body. And the next thing I know, I had a seizure. I blacked out. Didn't remember the seizure. I was sitting in full lotus, meditating, focusing on my breath. And the next thing I know, I come to in the other room, walking circles, wondering how did I get here and what am I doing walking circles? Nobody told me that walking circles is actually a side effect of having seizures. I had to learn this on my own. I had to learn that there was lots of side effects, that blacking out was a part of some people's epilepsy, but not everybody. Because it reached a point where I quit blacking out. It basically become semi-conscious or mostly conscious you know after i stopped blacking out it got to a point where i was shut down but very aware of what was going on with me i used to be able to hear everybody talk 
Uh, sometimes if somebody touched me, I could force myself to move because I didn't like being touched because of my paradial lobe, which is sensory. Did not enjoy this, but every time I came to, every time I realized I had a seizure, I focused on my breath and calming down my nervous system. And this would bring me out of that state so much faster. Awareness to your breath can relieve the stress and anxiety and pain of having a seizure. You know, if you, you hit your head and you hurt yourself, you bite your tongue, whatever, it sucks. It's pain. And you can cry about it or you can relax your body and say, hey, I love you. I'm sorry this happened to you. We're working on it and work on it. Don't just ignore the fact that you have a seizure. Become aware of why and what you can do about it. Sometimes you're too hot. Sometimes you're too cold. Sometimes you're too excited. Sometimes you just had sex. Sometimes you were just taking a nap and you had a seizure in your sleep. I mean, these all suck. They all suck. I mean, I used to have seizures from showers. I'd take a shower and it was just too much. I listened to my girlfriend take the shower and it was too much. Seriously, what do you do? You can't talk to people. I would try talking to people about it and I'd have a seizure. I try listening to people talk to me and I'd have a seizure. You know, these are these are things you gotta deal with. You gotta understand what it is you can and can't do. And you gotta be able to tell people, hey, it's not your fault that I'm having a seizure, but I could really use your help and support and understanding that I am working on this, that I have to be the one to do something about it. But there are things that you can do to help me, support me in the process, and please don't beat me up along the way. So your support group is gonna support you. Your hate group, your bullies, your narcissists, your sociopaths, your psychopaths, they're, some of them are gonna get off on, on causing you to freak out and look, look, look how bad you are, even though they're the ones abusing you or putting you over the edge. So that's why meditation is really, really important. So I know I've talked about meditation for a while. But it's important. It's a foundation. It's a starting point that no matter where you are at, as long as you're alive, you can breathe and you can work on your breath. So belly breathing is one of the best things that you can do on the whole aspect of meditation, starting off gaining awareness. So you meditate. If you don't know how to belly breathe, it's also called diaphragmatic breathing. The easy thing you do is you lay down. You want to figure out how to get feel your diaphragm moving you can lay down on your back put your hands on your stomach you can even do this standing and stand there place your hands over your belly button on touch yourself don't be scared to touch yourself so put your hands on your belly button take a deep breath and let your stomach come out so this is actually allowing the diaphragm to pull down in the chest the stomach comes out helps strengthen your chest muscles, as well as your diaphragm. And, you know, as you breathe in, your belly button is going to come in towards your spine. And the diaphragm is going to relax. So you breathe in again. You're going to feel your stomach come out. Diaphragm comes down. Breathe back out. Your belly button will go back towards your spine. You repeat this process. You do this over and over and over. It's called belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing. And that will get you to the beginning steps of how to meditate. You can do this sitting in the car. 
You can do this sitting watching TV. You can do this while you're doing dishes, while you're doing your laundry. Whatever it is you you are doing, you can do belly breathing. Before we get into the next part, I just wanted to remind you that now is a good time to like, subscribe, leave a review. Hell, even share with somebody else what Epilepsy Hell to Epilepsy Well is all about. And I would also love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out and ask a question or anything else you need. But make sure you like, review, and subscribe. And now on to Go E. So the next letter is E. So we got meditation. Now we're talking about exercise. I remember talking to my doctor one time and they asked me about sex and, you know, I mean, sex comes up and I, they would ask, like, if you exercise and I'm like, yeah, I, I like to have sex. And they're like, well, as long as you're having sex for over 20 minutes and, you know, you're getting your heart rate up, you know, that's, that's considered exercise. That would be definitely some cardio, a cardio workout. So if you're having sex for over 20 minutes, that counts as cardio. And, you know, sometimes it can also include strength training. So if you're doing different positions, you know, Kama Sutra will definitely teach you about positions pretty well. If you ever check that one out, um, I don't recommend using Pornhub as your ideal way to learn how to have sex. There's definitely some crazy ass abuse stuff going on in the porn world. I do not support abusing your partner or being abused. Nobody should be stepping on anybody else's head. Nobody needs to be slamming the other person's testicles with their heels. Please, please, please make sure that you are having sex with somebody that is safe. That if you do have a seizure, that you've warned them, that they know, hey, I'm, I have epilepsy, I might have a seizure, and here's what you do. So not all of us are so lucky to be able to have sex all the time. I know uh, I used to have, like to have sex for uh, long periods of time, definitely over 20 minutes. And, you know, after my meningitis and epilepsy, it's just not the same. My nervous system just can't take it. There's no way I'm going to be having sex for 40 minutes or an hour and a half or whatever it was that, you know, my, my Superman super high testosterone, my uh, incredibly high libido was allowing for. So some of you might be like, oh my God, an hour and a half of sex, that sounds amazing. And some of you might be like, that sounds exhausting. And you're both right. It's both amazing and exhausting. So I was not usually the one taking the nap after that. That was usually my partner. So I was not into instant gratification. I was into prolonged pleasure, prolonged gratification, and that was definitely exercise. We could call that sexercise. So sexercising is no longer really an option, especially with my girlfriend living in another country. I'm living in Mexico right now. She's living in Central California in Santa Barbara, and you know I usually see her about once a month. So I'm really into being honest and committed. So in a, being in a monogamous relationship, I am not going to cheat on her, but I will watch porn. And I do not do a 20 minute porn workout session. So cannot consider that exercise. So 
I like to use other methods to exercise. There's a wide variety of things, but ultimately exercise is important and you have to find what works best for you. So if you listen to last episode, talked about my poor Leroy, my lover buddy, my best friend, my emotional support, the one, the one creature, human, it was not a human being, it was my doggy. I love him like a little child. I love him because I knew he needed help. He needed protection. He needed somebody to look out for him. And he loved me. He loved me. And he could definitely go do some exercise with me. Walking him was a great way to go get some exercise. Uh, actually, I feel like I got hurt a couple times with the way he would go try to run after other dogs and uh, play rough. Uh, he didn't used to be that way, but when he uh, would go to the park and other dogs would attack him, he just learned that that's how you play. So he was pretty uh, notorious for not getting along with other animals, but I took him for a walk. Usually it was like a 45 minute walk or more sometimes. And it was great. You know, even, you know, when, uh, I was up there last, uh, the week uh, before they put him down. I was up there for 10 days, and I took him for a walk. Every day I was up there, except for the one I, I arrived on, just because I'd been in the car for so long. So the next day, I got up and I took him for a walk. I made sure his medication, his herbal medicine was doing good. And we'd go for a walk. He was blind. He needed some help. We'd go for a walk, and he was feeling better. He likes these walks. He likes not banging his head on stuff because he couldn't see. He didn't have anybody to buy him a helmet to, or make sure that these objects around him that he could hurt himself on were eliminated. He was just trapped in a little area where he's just running crazy because he needs some exercise. And I understand that. You know, I find myself often sitting there doing nothing, playing video games. I remember back when everything was so hard before I ran away from L.A., Oh, almost five years ago, so it'll be five years next month, I ran away from L.A. to get better or die trying, so we'll talk about that one later, but exercise, my ability to get better, to do more, to feel better, to look good while I was dying, it was all around exercise, and a lot of it started with just going for a walk, you know, I was scared, I have seizures like going for a walk get confused. I don't know what I'm doing, but I made sure that I had a plan. If I didn't know what I was doing, my phone knew how to get home. And there's an option to program your phone where you live. And if you tell Google Maps or Apple Maps, I use Apple, you tell Siri, take me home. And she will give you the route. You click on it that you're walking, you're not driving. And you will be able to get to whatever your house is. Uh, you know, you might fall down and have a few seizures on the way, but you know, you'll get there. Or if you're lucky, you can call somebody and say, hey, come get me. But for the most part, that's not exercise. Exercise is picking yourself back up off the ground and carrying on. Or moving through the confusion. You can get to that point where things are too hard and you're challenging yourself. And that's not really the goal of exercise. You should not be hurting yourself. You should be able to get to 
that threshold and make that threshold resilient, make it stronger. So I started off just doing little walks around the little, little blocks, you know, and I would do this every day. I was in North Hollywood, living right off the side of a freeway with so much noise going on. That's where I discovered noise canceling headphones are amazing. Because when the cop sirens would go by, I didn't have to go down on the ground nearly as much. It got to a point where I could just turn the music up and not hear the sirens anymore. Amazing how that can help. If you know that police sirens or some other siren is your trigger, if your noise triggers, sound triggers, it's noise canceling headphones are great. And, you know, it's great to be able to focus on different things, you know, music can put you in a better mood, but you know, music can also give you a seizure if you've got some crazy beats going on, some crazy noises, some crazy sounds. So be careful about what you're listening to when you're out walking, when you're doing your exercise. So start with little, little blocks. Start with an area that you're familiar with as best as you can. If you move somewhere new, then it's just time to learn your area. If you're lucky, you can get somebody to walk with you or you can go walk your dog and people will be a little more, you know, cautious of you, especially if you're walking a half pit, half boxer. So Santa Barbara, you know, some, everybody is a little more friendlier realizing it. He was uh, not doing so well, had conversations where people would stop me and say, you know, he looks like I feel, and then I'd explain what's going on with them. And, you know, we carried on with our walk. He didn't like the stopping and talking part. He wanted to just walk. So we walked. And when I didn't have him, it was the same thing. I didn't really want to stop and talk. I wanted to walk. I was there to exercise. So eventually after months of walking the same circle, I made that circle bigger. And the problem was I'm also photosensitive. So too much light in my face, going walks at the wrong time it made things worse. So it was hard, hard to exercise when, you know, everything in your environment can trigger a seizure and you're not sure what to do about it. So I wore brown tinted sunglasses. Uh, the black ones are more like a blue tint to my brain. So I wear a brown tinted and it's a lot easier to deal with stuff. Um, although <sighs> I'm a little farsighted. So having contacts in help wearing glasses don't for me because when I go walking and the reflection off the back of the lens and the inside of my eye would also give me a seizure. So you got to find the tools and techniques for doing your exercises. So I would use my protective gear. That's what I called my headphones, what I called my sunglasses. These were a necessary part of being able to go out and survive in the world to do my exercise. So you go walk around the block, I do this every day, try to do it about the same time every day. It wasn't always the same time, but I tried to make sure that it was because it's a lot easier to do a routine if your routine is scheduled. So if you've got some off days, sometimes it means you have some off times, you know, but the exercising, the moving, it always made my body feel a whole lot better in the long run. Even if it meant I had to go and take a nap afterwards, there's nothing wrong with that. But exercising, moving your body, it's important to be able to heal your mind, your body, 
and your spirit so much more than just sitting there staring at the tv sitting there playing video games all day sitting there being miserable because nobody around you understands what the hell is going on what the epilepsy hell is this all about and it can be horrible but that's why it's up to you to say look i've had enough i want a better life i want more and i'm gonna go do more go you have to you can't get out that front door walk up and down the hallway tell everybody hey look i'm gonna be walking up and down the hallway for the next 20 40 minutes whatever please don't disturb me this is my exercise i need to make sure that i'm taking care of my brain so that i can go back to being a normal human being and epilepsy doesn't continue to ruin our relationship you know taking a proactive approach and communicating with people sometimes helps Especially if you got the right people around, be like, oh, get it. He's trying. He realizes, she realizes, you realize, you do realize, I hope, that you are responsible for you. That you can't expect anybody else to go for that walk for you. You can't expect anybody to meditate for you, to, to eat better, to sleep better, whatever it is. You can't expect anybody else to do this for you. You got to do you. And you got to figure out what that means for you. So, like I said, if it means just walking up and down the hallway, like I am right now while I'm recording this, because oh, I like the pace. I'm a high-paced, high-energy person as long as I'm moving around. But, man, I sit down and I don't have enough energy. I want to take a nap. I don't want to get nothing done. And that's how it is. You know, body emotion stays emotion. You know, if you're if you're working on getting your body better, your body's going to be like, oh, I'm relaxing. Oh, I'm getting exercise. Oh, I'm burning calories. Oh, I'm going to be able to poop a whole lot better. Because, you know, it's a whole lot easier to poop when you've been moving around, if you didn't know that one. So spend a week in the hospital hooked up to some machines trying to test your brain so you can have a seizure. And they won't let you get out of bed because they're like, no, you might have a seizure. And we don't want you to fall and hurt yourself. But we want you to have a seizure. So uh, for me, it was just a whole week of like a vacation, except, you know, with constipation. So it was really, really started getting a lot harder to poop just because I wasn't moving around enough. That, that one walk around the hall every day just wasn't, wasn't enough. I mean, needed a few more of them, but that's all the, the nurses were capable or willing or whatever, whatever the situation is. So, you know, realize... You know, if in your situation like that in the hospital and they don't want you walking around, it's a little hard to walk around unless you request more walks. Uh, being monitored for your epilepsy uh, is, is a little different than taking care of yourself because you're trying to give yourself a seizure instead of trying to get over a recover, stop and prevent them all. So, yeah, seizures suck. We can all agree with that. But, you know, it all starts with a little exercise. You know, and while you're exercising, you can do that belly breathing. Hey, good combination, you know, good, great way to stay calm, you know, to calm down when things get stressful, but going for a walk, lifting weights, doing some Tai Chi, some yoga. I mean, you can do all these things from the comfort of your own home. You can do a lot of them at the park. Uh, you can go do them with other people. And just uh, sometimes that's a little hard if there's a, too many people around, too many noises, too many flashing lights, whatever. 
You know, not all of us are photosensitive. Honestly, it's only one in 32 of all of us uh, epilepsy warriors are gonna have a seizure from the lights. So if you're if you're extra special on top of being special, be aware of the fact that uh, there's steps you can do. Smaller groups, uh, non-flashing lights definitely help. Sunglasses, blindfolds, whatever. Hey, don't be afraid to wear a biking helmet, you know, in case you fall and hit your head. And then, you know, it won't hurt. You could also do a boxer's helmet or something else because those people take a pound into the face. You know, they're made to kind of help you out when you're getting punched in the face by the ground. So it's important to make sure you're wearing the right gear when you're like out there exercising in the world and your brain are not in harmony with you yet. So yeah, it's okay to gear up. It's okay to wear knee pads, elbow pads. You know, as a skateboarder, I wasn't very good at wearing my protective gear, but anytime I fell off my board, my judo kicked in and I basically was able to roll onto my feet or roll flat. And I can honestly say I never really got hurt trying to skate. I just uh, a little too Kung Fu and a little too crazy. And, you know, in this day and age, if I was to go try that again, I would definitely be trying to wear more in the protective gear side because I don't need to sustain any more disequilibrium with my brain. I don't need any more brain damage. You don't either. So make sure you're taking precautions. I mean, most people don't go play tackle football without wearing all the gear. We did that in the army because I think we're idiots in the army. <sighs> Military, you're just all young, dumb, full of cum, whatever it is. You're just, uh, you know, it's kind of kind of a place to get hazed. If you're not one of the guys, you're you're not one of the guys. It can be very um, hard to work on a team that is against you. So definitely uh, found that along the way, people will be bullies. You have to accept that some people are just mean and then do your best to find the right people to hang out with you, to exercise with you, to sexercise with you. I mean, don't go sexercising with the people you pick up at the bar and never had a conversation with about having a seizure while you have sex or whatever, you know, you got to forewarn these people. You got to let them know, Hey, I may be an awesome looking human being, but I got, I got, a, I got the occasional random chaos that just kind of takes over. So prepare the people you are around, go do some exercise, do some push ups, do some sit ups, do some curls, so um, whatever it is, there's a lot of ways to do exercise. Find what works best for you. Personally, I love the Tai Chi. I love to go for long walks. Um, some people wish it was off a short pier, but you know, uh, fortunately there's no piers around here. So go for long walks, take a deep breath, relax, let your body strengthen. Realize that you can't run a marathon just because you decide to. So if you want to go walk a mile and it's too much, try three quarters of a mile, try half a mile, build up to that mile. And when that mile is easy, you do a mile and a quarter, mile and a half, you make it two miles. The next thing you know, 
you're running 26 miles or kilometers. Yeah, that's a marathon, right? 26 kilometers. So the whole point is when you're exercising, you can't start off as a pro. You can't start off as an expert. You have to start off where your body is. If you overdo it, then your body's going to complain. You know, you could do 10 push-ups, and the next day your chest and arms are going to be a little sore. You know, and you could do 10 more push-ups, and the next day those might be a little sore, but it feels good working out that tension. Next day, do 10 more push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, whatever. Whatever your exercise routine is, you just do it for a little while and then your body's like this is easy this is an exercise and you do more you do another set of 10 so instead of doing 10 you're doing 20 and then instead of 20 you're doing 30 and you know you can make sure you're throwing in some squats you want to work them legs work that back don't be all cattywampus with that big chest and the tiny stick legs that's you know not on top of the looking silly it's it's not very healthy to be so out of balance so you gotta make sure you're you're doing doing some legs doing some arms doing some body some core pilates is great yoga is great tai chi is great you just gotta find out what makes you great so what what is it you want to do other than just sit there and hope one day, maybe one day things will change because you'll look back five years ago by and nothing's changed. Maybe your your health has gotten worse. Maybe it's the same. Maybe you're just used to, you know, what to expect. But ultimately, it'll never get better until you do something about it. So go for a walk. Do more than just sit there. Do more then suffer. You can be in pain, but don't suffer. Be like, life is hard. It hurts. Sometimes it hurts when you get hit. You ever been in a car accident? You know, they don't always feel good. You don't always jump out of a car accident going, man, that was the best roller coaster ever. And sometimes it takes a couple days for the pains to settle in. Ultimately, it's up to you to get back up, to move around, to do something about it. And I truly believe that Having a seizure can definitely feel like being in a bad car accident. So your brain, your body, your spirit, everything starts to feel bad. You know, if your body feels bad, it's hard to be happy. You know, if you're not happy, it's hard to get up and move and do stuff. The worse, the less you do, the worse you're going to feel, the worse you feel, the less you're going to do, the less you're going to do, the worse you're going to feel. Next thing you know, you're depressed. It's all taken to your spirit. It's all taken to heart that your body isn't top of the line. It's, you know, we are we're not a machine. We're human beings, and we have to experience what human beings experience, and sometimes that comes with a lot of ups and downs. Sometimes it feels like you got to go backwards before going forward, just like the bow. If you've ever shot a bow or you've seen anybody shoot a bow and arrow, you guys watch Robin Hood, anything, they got to pull the arrow back before they can release it and hit their target. So that's another thing. You can shoot bows and arrows. That's a good exercise too. So Whatever it is that gets you up off the couch, 
whether it's milking cows, doing gardening, moving dirt from one place to the next, you know, whatever it is, do some, do some exercise, build up those muscles, build up your health, your resilience to getting knocked down. It gets a whole lot easier to get back up. So make sure you're doing something for yourself. Set aside some time, schedule it, know what you're doing, when you're doing it, and it'll be a whole lot easier to get it done. So it's my challenge for you is get some movement on, get it done, plan a small routine, but don't, don't overdo it. But if you do, it's okay. Just get back up and do some more and do some more and do some more. Get that threshold to move so that you aren't having a seizure after you do one push-up. Make it so you can do two or three push-ups before you got to take a break. You know, or pull-ups or go for a 20-minute walk instead of a 60-minute walk. Whatever it is, build up the process. Build up you and you, your body will appreciate it, especially when you're paying attention to what the threshold is, when you're paying attention to what the stamina increases and you're like, wow, I can do more. It might, might seem like it's taken a long time, but it's worth every minute. Don't worry, I'm not gonna leave you hanging, but right now we're gonna close out the podcast for this trip next week or next time. Hopefully it'll be maybe before next week, but at least next week we will talk about So uh, don't worry, you can go meh or me for the moment. Start me and we'll get to next week. So hoping you're having yourself a wonderful morning, evening, afternoon. Whatever it is going on in your life, remember, take care of yourself like you matter because you do. And that means you have to take care of yourself and do more than the doctor tells you. Take your meds.